The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Okay, so last week, Tuesday, we did this Mishnah and Avos with the goal of figuring out practical Kavana-y type stuff. Okay, so we'll do a quick review. And basically, I, I have like um, a couple of uh, like isolated ideas on each of the things in our Mishnah, and we'll like see where that takes us. Okay, so we had Rabbi Shimon Omer. Shimon says, uh, So we noted that there are two versions of this mission of Pirkei One says just Kriyashma, the other one says Kriyashma and Tefillah. Last time we were doing Rabbeinu Yonah, who says it's just uh, Kriyashma. So we're going to go with that for now. So be careful in Kriyashma. Ukshazim is Paula, and when you daven, Altas Tefillah is called Keva. Don't make your Tefillah Keva, whatever that means, fixed. But rather mercy and supplication before God, before the uh, the true existence, however you want to translate Hamakam. That will be Thursday share, I hope. As it says, It says in Yoel, for he is gracious and merciful, um, slow to anger and abundant in kindness. And he changes his mind or he relents regarding uh, harm. The Alti Rasha Bifniasmacha. And we lost Michael. And don't be a uh, Russia before yourself. Oh, we got Yosef. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, just morphed there. Okay. Um, uh, Yosef. Okay. So uh, don't be wicked before yourself. All right. So our questions were let's just read them here. Number one, of all on all the three clauses, why do we need to be told this? Right. So what's the, um, we just got a whole variety of crew passing through. <laughs> um, why do we need to be told this? Uh, basically, what's the Havamin or what's the Chiddush in each one? First of all, why would we not be, why would we, we be inclined not to be careful with Kriyashima? Or why would we make Davin and Keva? Or why would we be a Russia before ourselves? And we added to the question, we said that according to many, then Pirkei Abbas is for like people who want to be a Hasid, they're already on a high level. So you don't need to tell like Tanayim to be careful with Kriyashima, you know, um, and or not to be wicked before yourself, or maybe you do need to tell them. So either way, like, What's the Kiddush? And then given the audience, what's the Kiddush? Okay, two, practically speaking, what does it mean to be careful with Kriyashma? Careful in what way? Careful about what? Three, practically speaking, what does it mean? Uh, what is it saying to change about your tefillah? Like, what was Keva? What is Rachamim Vatachanunim? How do you do it? Four, what does he mean by Keva? Okay, um, yeah, okay, that's we'll include that here. Okay, uh, four, what does it mean? Why is it used the name of Hamakom? Why not say Akash Baruch Um I'm actually going to uh, not delete the question. I'm going to, because I want to give a share on Thursday about Hamakom specifically, I want to like just deal with all that then. I don't want to touch any of that tonight. Five, what function does the Pusuk serve? Great. It's talking about God, but it's quoting it as a Raya that you should make your tefillah merciful and supplicatory. So why is it quoting it about God? Six, what does it mean to not be wicked before yourself? And what if you are a Russia? Should you just like pretend you're a tzaddik? And seven, what, if anything, is the relationship between the three clauses? Okay, especially the last one, which seems to fit in the least, because at least the first is about like shakarisi type things, right? Or mari type things. Yeah, last one seems to be just, you know, thrown in there. Okay, so last time we did Rabbein Yonah, I want to reread Rabbein Yonah, um, pick up with the question we left off on, and then analyze it fully. And then I have some other stuff here. So Rabbein Yonah, oh, I didn't open it. Avos 2.13, okay. Rabbeinu Yonah, and I, I can't remember who was here, or who wasn't here. So if you need me to repeat anything, right now we're in review mode, but like if you need me to repeat or elaborate on anything, or if you have additional questions, then let me know. Okay, so Rabbeinu Yonah 
says, actually, we're going to go in order. We're going to start off with a new point. Okay. Cause I, I think I, I rushed last time to, to address something about Tefillah because we wanted to make sure to get to Tefillah stuff. So l- let's just take it, take it slow now. Okay. Rabini Yona, that's Rabini Bafia. Rabini Yona says, Havizahir Bakriyashma. He's here al Kriyashma Yosemi Tefillah. The reason why he is warning about Kriyashma more than Tefillah, Mipnesha Zman Hatfila Gadol, because the time of Tefillah is large. Okay. Shuhu Ad, which is until. Arba Shaos, which is until four hours in the day. The Zman Krishma Katsar and Muhuvan, but the Zman Krishma is, is narrow and exact. Im Hanitzahama or Ad Hanitzahama, depending on how you hold it. Kavasikin, like uh, like the venerable people. Vzehu Lashan Habizahir, Kitarak Zahirus Kadola. So that's what he means. You should be careful because you need to be very, very like cautious to not get the time wrong. And I showed you the Ramam last time. Ramam holds that like um Zman Shachris starts at Hanate and then extends for four hours. And the best way to do it is at Hanate, but if you do it later on, you're not called an Avarian. You're not considered like you're uh, in a transgressor, you know. But when it comes to Krishma, he says, Mitzvah Minimukhar is to do tefillah at Hanate. And if you transgress, then you could be Yota afterwards. So he holds it like seriously. Okay, so let's just talk about that for a second here. Okay, what's the idea? Like in Pirkei Avos, I understand halakhically, but like, why do you need to be told to daven exactly at Hanit in a Pirkei Avosi framework? Like, I mean, you should be careful to do all mitzvahs properly, you know? Yeah, Yosef? Yeah, it's like they're kind of commenting on like a quantitative thing, you know? Yeah. It's like the, the difference is not really like qualitative, it's more just like, one has more time, one has less time. So now you're making a whole new comment about it. Like it doesn't really make sense. Oh, you're asking, you're adding to the question. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm adding. Yeah, I'm okay, adding. good, good, good. Yeah, right. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. And and again, we've looked, quantity is a familiar thing in halakha. Like, you know, eat the right amount of matzah. Like, you know, uh, be careful how much you eat because you might be, you know, in a, in a bracha krona, right? So like, you know, yeah, it's just a quantitative thing, which is standard in halakha. And we're assuming that we're talking to people who are already, uh, you know, doing stuff like this anyway. So anyone have any ideas? I, mean, I guess maybe we should think like, what's the uh, what's the idea of diving by Hanitz? Like, okay, what is the right. idea? Saint Krishna by Hanitz, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Okay, good. So that's also where I uh, where I started is uh, what's the idea of Saint Krishna by Hanitz? So let's look at the Gemara, uh, and uh, I, I know this is a whole sugya, but again, we're um, we're, we're being selective here. And by selective, I mean, I'm going to only show you sources that I thought like had something to do with, uh, uh, with the question. Okay. So, um, the Gemara actually begins with, um, okay. <laughs> All right. You can begin the Gemara in many places. <laughs> what we're going to do, just going to start here. Tanya Namihaki, there's a Brisa that supports this. Because the Gemara is having a whole question of what exactly should you do when. So the Brisa though says, Vatikin, by the way, Vasikin are people who Rashi, I believe, defines as people who value mitzvos and do them at the earliest possible time. And I think that's part of the whole question here is the earliest time of Krishna is before Hanates. You know, it's when you could see your friend who you recognize at Arab Amos. So what did the Vasikin do in this case is they would finish it with Hanitahama, with sunrise, so that they can make their Geula, which is the bracha after Kriyashma, juxtaposed to Tefillah, and consequently they'll be davening by day 
um, meaning that they'll be, oh yeah, he says here, humble people who favor mitzvos or who treat mitzvos with, uh, with endearment. So, and then you'll be davening in the day. Okay, but here's part that we need. Amar Rabbi Yizera, my what pasuk do they use to support this idea that you should say Krishma at Hanitz? Yira'ucha im shemesh v'lifnei yareach dordorim. Okay, so it's in Tehillim, Ayin, Bez, Amud Aleph. There's no Amudim in Tehillim. Pasuk hey, okay. I actually did not look at the Mepharshim on this pasuk. I just want to make sure I'm translating it correctly, though. Um they translate it as they shall fear thee, meaning God, while the sun endureth. Okay, it's really they shall fear you with the sun. And, um, okay, not a good English translation. Let's look at Matthias David. Get some shot here. Uh, okay. That's shot in context. Okay, whatever. It's a drasha. Um, and before the moon for generations. Okay, so that's the Pasuk. They should fear you with the sun and before the moon for generations. So what does that mean? So Rashi explains here. Okay, so um, what is the Pasuk that you should daven with honey? It's not, it sounds like he's only talking about davening, but he's going to talk about Krishna in a second. Dixiv, as it says, they should fear you with the sun. When do they fear you? When, in other words, when do they accept their fear upon you, uh, upon themselves? That's Kabbalah's Omachu Shemaim for Kriyashima. When do they do that? Oh, so he says, which is the yoke of the kingship of heaven, which they do in Kriyashima. Im Shemesh, with the sun. Klomar, meaning to say, when the sun emerges, is with sunrise. And then is a different point that's about Mincha. That mincha, they say, should be when the sun is becoming red, which means when the sun is setting. We don't need that for our purposes here. Okay, so Rashi's point, just to reiterate here, Gemara says the source for, for St. Krishma at Hanait is that is an idea of Yira Sashem with the Shemesh. Rashi says that that's when they accept Olmach uh, on themselves with Krishma. So our question is, what is that idea? What's the idea of, of fearing God with the sunrise and then Davka through Krishma? And then how do we use that to explain, you know, whatever answer we give there, we need to explain why the Mishnah and Avos is telling us to be careful with it. Meaning, yeah, halakhali you should be careful with it, but presumably it's going to connect to this idea somehow. What do you say? Maybe um, this is a little bit like vague, but maybe it's some idea of like imbuing your entire idea with the idea of your Hashem. Like if okay. you do this thing at the very outset of the day, so it's like... Yeah. You know, you're leaving your day with that quality in some way. Okay. So I think there are two approaches you can take here. Okay. And I'm, I'm just going to map them out. I'm not going to spell out the one that Isaiah is not saying. Two approaches to take is that what's significant about sunrise is that it qualifies the entire day. Okay. The other thing, the other approach you could take is that there's something special about sunrise that it's hitting that moment, you know, that is significant, not because it characterizes the day. So Isaiah is saying that, that at the outset of the day, you, know, you, need to be, you need to be like Kovei your day as a day in, of your Hashem. So you do it like at the exact moment that, that, uh, that the sun emerges. Okay, I hear that idea. That's good. Anyone have different ideas? Or different questions for the questions here.
I mean, just to suggest further questions here, you know, that you could be thinking about is I think you, it might be necessary to, to think about what do we mean by Yuras Hashem? And then what do we mean by Kabbalah's Omah Hushamayim? Because what we're asking here is you do your Kabbalah's Omah Hushamayim at a time that's conducive to Yuras Hashem, which is the sun rise. So, so Isaiah gave a theory about the sunrise, and I gave another theory, another start of a theory, but then Kabbalah's Omah Hushamayim, like maybe we need to get that more. And then, you know, Fear of God. How does that fit in? Well, I guess this is a different kind of approach, and it's kind of similar sure. to the way you, you said that I wasn't saying it. Yeah. It's like, I guess the sun sort of, when it rises, it's sort of coerced to rise, and it goes along sort of the path that Hashem set out for it to yeah. rise in. And so if you sort of are saying Krishna at that exact time, well, the sun is like, you know, beginning its rise and it's it's going along its sort of fourth path. You should know that like sort of Hashem, like recognizing that Hashem is sort of forcing you to do certain things also in your Makabel, that sort of forcedness. Okay, that's good. Um oh man, I'm in conflict right now. Uh I'll put it to a vote. Um I could give you a crash course in Tehillim 19. But then that would spoil it in terms of us learning it in depth. Because uh, Sidlin 19 really like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll show you, hold on a second. I, I won't say the, no, I've already said too much. Okay, you know what? Uh, all right, well, I, I, I won't show it to you because I'll spoil it. But let's just say if you want to look for a, a riot for what Isaiah is saying, then look at this Pasuk in Tehillim 19. Uh, let me just show you the Pasuk uh, so you can focus on it. Um, this is in Hashemayim Sopin Kavod Kel. Yeah. Um, so, well, it starts off. The, the heavens declare the glory of God, and his handiwork uh, is proclaimed by the firmament. Each day says to the other, and each night expresses knowledge. But not, there's no speaker and there's no speech. Their voice is not heard. Their line emerges over all the earth. And their words go out to the end of the civilized earth. Um, he placed the sun as a tent, uh, in, in a tent, okay? And the sun um, is like a chasan emerging from his, his canopy. Yasis kagibor larutz orach. Uh, rejoicing like a mighty man to run the course. So that's describing the sun. Uh, from the end of the heaven is its emergence. And its circuit goes all the way around. And there's no hiding from uh, its heat. So that's describing the sun as this like loyal servant, like rushing out to declare the glory of God. So that's just a, a, a raya for Isaiah, but I don't want to go into the ideas. Yeah, Yosef? I'm a little bit confused. Are you supposed to say Krishna at Hanates or are you supposed to say Krishna in order so that, yeah, at a time we're, so that at we're a time so skirting that issue. Amida at a yeah at we're, the we're skirting that issue. Ramam says that you have to say Hane, uh, uh Krishna a little bit before Hanates. Uh so, so that Amita at the time. Uh this Rubinu Yona on um on what do you call on Avos says that you should um, say Kriyashima with Hanates, and then the Gemara itself, oh, and then the Rashi we read um, is is hard to tell because it sounds like it's both of them. So because above he says, you know, the Gemara says Nimsam is Paula Bayom, 
sounds like you're davening, you're davening tefillah with Hanit. But then the puzzle he brings, Rashi sounds like he's talking about Kriya Shema. So it's, uh, it's, um, uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. We're, 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 we're okay. going to, let's just take it in, in the Rabbini Yonah way that we're saying Kriya Shema with the, the sunrise. Okay, fine. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't pass him based on that. Yeah. Okay. So that's Isaiah's, uh, Isaiah, you were, you were saying that as a second idea, right? Not as a clarification of your first idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Right. Okay. Um, I want to add, uh, add to that unless anyone else has anything to say about, about, uh, along those lines. Okay. So let, let's review your session. I know we've read this a billion times, but we can read it a billion and one. Okay. Never hurts to review your session. Okay, especially because that's all Moshe, Moshe says, that's all Hashem asks from you, is just to fear God. Okay, so Ramam in Sefer Mada helps Yisodei Torah 2 1, uh, 2 1 and 2. Uh, the, the, the revered and awesome God, this revered and awesome God, to mitzvah to love him and to be in awe of him. Uh, you should love Hashem your God. You should fear Hashem your God. Okay. So we're going to do both. So what's the way of loving him and fearing him? At a time when a person gains insight into God's wondrous uh, and uh, and and great creations. Okay, that's like the heavens. And sees from them his wisdom, which is without comparison, without end. He is he is he love immediately loves praises, glorifies, and is filled with a great desire to know the great name. As David says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. So that's when a person thinks about these things. Now, Machshava is like thinking about Machshava means practical thinking. Not in the sense of I'm going to like go to the moon, but in the sense of misbonin is like theoretical thinking when you're only thinking about it from a purely intellectual perspective. Machshava is when you're thinking about it as an actor, as someone who's like can do stuff in the world. So when you think about yourself, these same things, meaning when you're thinking about yourself, I'm a human being who does stuff. So then you have a different reaction. Miyad who near you recoil backwards or you cower. Uh, maybe it might be a better translation. You fear and tremble and know that you are a tiny, low, dark creature standing with a puny mind and a frail mind before a being who's perfect in knowledge. Kamosha Amar David, like David says, uh, and I always like to quote the full Pasuk here. Um, when I see your heavens, the, the work of your fingers, the moon and the, the, the stars that you have established. What is man that you should uh, remember him? And the son of man that you should uh, recall him. Okay, so that's Yeras Hashem. Okay, so now let's go back to the Gemara. How does davening, and this is not contrary to what Isaiah was saying, but sorry, I said davening. It's not contrary to what Isaiah was saying. How does accepting Kabbalah's uh, Olmach facilitate Yira? And Kabbalah's Olmach is is acknowledging and affirming God's oneness and the fact that he is the independent uh, existence that is the source of all existence and that you're completely dependent on him. So like, how do we combine all these ideas in one of like, fearing God at the time when the sun is rising as we, and, 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 uh, and accepting God's oneness at that time. Can we like just sharpen it a bit? 
Well, it, it seems to me like uh, the Mishnah and like the Ramam Salafa of like Wednesday Krishma is setting up a framework. I, I would posit, here's the thing that I'm going to posit. I'm going to posit okay. that the day is the framework of man. That's okay. when man can function. That's when he can do things. Yeah. And accepting Omahu Shemayim as a like previous philosophical concept before the beginning of the very moment of that portion of the day when I can move around and engage is submitting myself to the reality that I'm simply like an actor in this state. Whereas normally mm -hmm. my natural disposition, and I think like the safe of the Mishnah highlights this, is that this is the day I can do whatever I want. This right. is this is the true realm of man. And this yeah. is saying right before the beginning, when you know it's about to happen, that you're going to get entire control over this earth when the sun is out, except yeah. that is itself still a system underneath God. So, okay. Okay. So cool thing is your, your explanation fits in very well with what we're saying now. I think it's also going to fit in in a different way with what the Meiri is going to say. And I don't know which one's more primary. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm actually going to just read the Meiri now, just so we can contrast it. Um, I don't know why we don't talk about this more in Yeshiva. <laughs> the Meiri holds that you daven hanates to counteract a Vodazara. Okay. Uh, which I, I just, I was shocked the first time I saw this Meiri. Okay. So check this out. Is that one? Uh, yes. Why would they do a Vodazara then? What would they worship? To have the sun come out. The sun. They would worship the sun, right? Yeah. So here's what the Meiri says. Why would we, why would they orient their tefillos uh, at the time of, uh, of Hanates? So he's saying tefillah, but we could apply it to our idea. Because at that time, the majority of people would err or would stumble after the worship of the sun. Uh, okay, so um, I'm reading too much here. Um, he's saying that the uh, Israel would establish their tefillah at that time because it contains brachos through which a person recognizes that the sun comes from God. In the same way that they wrote um, uh, regarding the Tamid Shoshachar. Okay, so the Tamid Shoshachar uh, is, you know, you bring two to meet him, one in the morning, that's the Tamid Shoshachar, and then Tamid Shobin Arbaim as the sun is setting or as the sun's going down. So we bring the Tamid Shoshachar in the uh, in the west, and we bring the Tamishel Ben Harbaim in the east. Why? He says, Tamishel Shachar Hayan Nishchad Bekeren Tzfonis Mizrachis, Bishel Ben Harbaim Bekeren Tzfonis Maravis. Oh, sorry, sorry. Wait, what? I said the opposite, and I thought I was right. Hold on, just one second. I just want to make sure that I'm not mistaken this uh what did i call it um yeah like west or east there they are northwest corner northwest corner oh yeah wait we're uh underlined west corner west corner uh lower down lower down, lower down. oh yeah here we go yeah here we go thank you so this is the torah tamima on the sifre uh, and he's quoting the Malbim. So he says, the purpose of the Tamid is to counteract sun worship. The idolaters would bow down and worship the sun twice a day upon its rising and its setting. Its morning service would take place facing the east, and its afternoon service would take place facing the west. 
meaning for the Ovdei Bodazar. Therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded us to offer perform two daily sacrifices, the slaughtering of the morning tamid at the northwest corner of the altar. That's what I thought, yeah. And the slaughtering of the afternoon tamid at the northeast corner in direct uh, opposition to the sun worship. Yeah. And um, it said, I'm just going to read this in case it's relevant. The sages said that if Moshe had entered the land of Israel, he would have nullified the Yitzhahara for Avodah Zarah and the service of the Tommy would have been unnecessary. By the way, this, you know, people always chalk up the idea that Korbanas are to counteract Avodah Zarah. They ascribe that to the Rambam because the Rambam is the one who fully embraces it. But this is Sifre. Sifri. Okay. So this is like Chazal saying this. They're not saying it about all Korbanas. They're saying it about the Tamid. Uh, but still, like they're saying this Korban was, was you know, formulated to counteract of Vodazara. So they say, um, right. So if Moshe entered the land, the Yitzhar for Vodazara would have been nullified and the service of the time would have been unnecessary. Since he requested, may Hashem appoint a man over the assembly and Yeshua was appointed to wage wars and he lacked the power to nullify the Yitzhar for Vodazara. Therefore, Kaddish Baruch instructed Moshe to charge his children to not exchange his glory for foreign gods and to not worship the sun as the Gentile nations did. And it's for this purpose that the section of the Tamid was commanded, namely as a polemic against the Vodazara. So that's... Um, that's the Tamid. So what was the Meiri saying? I thought the Meiri, Binyan Tamid Shoshachar, Hayan Nishchat Bekeren Tzvonis Mizrachi, Sveshan Bein Arbaim Bekeren Tzvonis Marav, Iskmoshu Darshu, Shnaim Layom, Shiyu Shnaim Nishchatim Kneged Hayom. Yeah? This is a Machlokas, or is this? I, I don't know. I feel like it's weird to have a Machlokas about how the Tamid is, where the Tamid is shechted. I mean... It seemed pr- pretty pshat, Norm. Like that yeah, right. I, unless he's saying... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, because I'd hear you saying that if you did it opposite, that would like um say they'd be they wouldn't be facing the sun and therefore they whatever you can right. have a good explanation of that. But if you're doing it with the sun, that seems much stranger. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know what the media is saying, but let's just say <laughs> this so so let me let me pull out the idea that I wanted to pull out that I said is uh, Michael was uh close to here or was was in line with that it perhaps it's not just a thing. See, when I first read the mish, uh, the uh, the the uh, explanation in the Gemara about Hanates, I was thinking, okay, there's the neutral mode where you're not doing anything at Hanates, but then if you do Kabbalah's Olmah at Hanates, that's a positive. But what I'm wondering here is maybe it, there's no neutral and positive. Maybe either you are devoting your day to a Vodas Hashem and recognizing His sovereignty by doing Kabbalah's Olmah Hushmayim at Hanates. Or you're catering to some other fantasy, whether it's like Michael was saying of this is my day, I can do whatever I want, or whether it's a, a primal, like a Vodazara thing where you are like, you know, feeling like the, you know, I mean, in that, in, in that time, it was, it was actual Vodazara where they thought that there was a sun God, where they worshiped the sun as a God. For us, it would be much more like the laws of nature just do their own thing and act independently. And if I allow that process to happen and don't sync it up with my Kriyashma, then I am catering to that emotion, which, or that fantasy that the universe operates on its own without God, you know? So it's like a critical moment where, where if, you know, like, so to speak, God is looking at you at Hanayt saying, okay, what are you going to do, man? Like, are you aligning yourself with your Hashem and accepting Yichud Hashem and saying that everything is dependent on him and realizing that you're a frail creature standing before a being who's perfect in knowledge and like devoting your day to a vote Hashem? Or are you saying, oh, this is my day or like, like, you know, the laws of nature operate independently and like, okay, yeah, God, I'll, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to have my coffee and then I will accept your kingship. You know, like it's a critical moment. And maybe that's the need for the Zahirus by Krishna. In other words, this is not just like any other mitzvah where 
you have Zman to do it. And like, you know, you should do it in the Zman and like there's a best Zman and a, a, a worse Zman. Here it's like <laughs> your actual experience of reality is going to be made or broken based on whether you take advantage of this mitzvah of Kabbalah and Lachashmayim at the proper like experiential time. Yeah, Yosef? Maybe like um, to add on to Michael's point, maybe it's like you're kind of characterizing your whole day by by the idea of Kabbalah and Lachashmayim if you do it by the earliest point. Right. right. Yeah. You're saying like, you're kind of like defining your whole experience. Right. Um, right. So that, of, of daytime. Exactly. Yeah. It's your whole experience of daytime. That, that's also close to what Isaiah was saying that ideally this will carry you through your entire day, you know? Uh, so it's not even just in terms of this mitzvah, it's how you, how you face the day, you know, uh, and, and how you frame your day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I, <laughs> I don't know about you. I talked to myself into saying that, like, I think this is a, a good, you know, a good shot for be careful with the time of Krishna. I, I would say one other thing, just like in slight opposition to your characterization of almost sure. Krishna, I'm like, yes, yeah. it is submission. And like, you're an insignificant speck on a rock hurling through space, but also read Krishna. It's not like terrible. It's like good. You make a whole bunch of promises. Like it's a nice yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I don't mean to downplay the contents of Krishma. Yeah, yeah. And Krishma focuses on Avas Hashem, not on Yeras Hashem, you know, uh, which is an interesting right. thing uh, in its own right. Okay. Uh, we good with this? Okay. Let me show you. Uh, yeah, Joseph? No, it's Okay. Um, let me show you another cool idea. Okay. Uh, we're probably not going to get to Tefillah today. I think we're just going to focus on Krishma. So the, um, the Abravanel. Uh, has a really cool idea. Uh, I mean, because he's the Bravanel, he has long interpretations here. Okay, but I'm going to read two of them if we have time. So first of all, um, his Girsa says, be careful with Kriyashma and Tefillah. Okay, so he gives an interpretation that involves both of them, but puts the emphasis right in this paragraph on Kriyashma. So listen to this beautiful Bravanel here. Okay, he says like this. Is this really what I wanted? Hold on. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. So it's going to be, okay, again, it's a little wordy. It's the Abraham So first, before you do tefillah, you have to arrange the praises of Hashem. And then afterwards with three needs. Okay, he'll explain what he means. If a guy doesn't know that God is, has, is existing, is one, is omnipotent, has knowledge, and is mashgiach on people. So if you don't know that, how can you ask for your uh, needs from him? Okay, you, need, you, you know, that's the slogan of Tefillah Dalit Omed. You have to know who you're before in order to be able to ask God for stuff. That's why Chazal say, A person should always praise God and then Yispala, which means then he should um, make his request. I gave a whole shear on this, I think, last year uh, on the Rashba on this. Okay, so uh, if you're interested in that, let me know. We learned this from Moshe. It says, Hashem Elohim, so first he praises God. Then afterwards he said his Bakasha. Okay, fine. So go to that shir in the Rashba about that. 
Now here's where he starts to explain stuff. Tiknu chachamim chachaminu zikron libracha parshios shema im habrachos shalafaneha ulakra. That's why. So this is answering Oren's question. Okay, Oren's question last week, which I said uh, it's an interesting question, but I didn't know where to look for it. Oren's question was: If tefillah is the big rendezvous with God, why do we say shema? No, no. This question was a different question. Okay, whatever. This is a different question. Why do we say shema before tefillah? Okay, that's what he's going to answer now. So he says like this. Um, so you begin by acknowledging God's existence and his divinity by saying, uh, you Hashem are the source of blessing, king of the universe. And afterwards, um, uh, then you declare God's omnipotence in Masa Breshis by saying that he formed light and created darkness. And then you mention the creation of the luminaries uh, and the separate intelligences, meaning the angels, and the way that they serve God. So he's, he's walking you through all these ideas that you're doing in the brachos of creation. So first, recognizing God's existence and divinity. Then God created the heavenly bodies and he created the uh, the angels and the uh, and uh, etc. Uh, and they serve him. Then you say that God is the one to whom it is proper to ascribe praise. You acknowledge that every day God does miracles and wonders. He works might, mighty acts and he does new things. And you uh, give him, uh, you ascribe good to him. Uh, sorry. He gives good these good things that he made. He will give these good things that he made uh, to his cre- creations. No, v'yitain al and a person should give al hatovos ha'elu regarding these good things. Asher asa, which God did im briosav with his creatures, he should give shevach v'hoda praise and thanks v'yachtam biotzer hamoros, and then conclude uh, with saying God is the one who creates the luminaries. Okay, so that's all the first brach of Krishma. Acknowledge God as the creator and that he does all this good stuff for, for his creations. Okay. The Ahrizeh, and afterwards, yitin hoda al ahava asher ahav Hashem lanu. Then you give thanks for the love that God loved us with. That's ahava rabba. V'hatorah shenasen lanu mitoch osa ahava, and the Torah that he gave us through this ahava. V'lchein yomar l'chol ish Yisrael shishma v'yavin v'yamin shish Hashem b'chuyav metzius. And therefore, uh, he will declare that each each man, Jewish man, will declare um, that he understands, he listens, understands, and believes that there exists a God who is a necessary existence, and he is our God, and we serve him, and he's one without any uh, multiplicity. Uh, that's the Shema. And that's the second paragraph of Shema. Okay, so he's just chugging right along here, right? All you're reviewing all these ideas before you actually dot it, right? Because you're 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 making sure you know who before whom you're standing. Uh, you also recount God's knowledge and his hashgacha in the parsha of Hayyim Shemoa, and remembering the Yitzias Mitzrayim and the wondrous uh, miracles there, Vakula Paparshas Tzitzis. And in all those other beliefs that are between Krishma and Tefillah. So the Krishma with the stuff that comes before it and the stuff that comes after it is the arrangement of praises of God by day. 
Same thing at night. Then after you go through these things, then you daven, okay, uh, as they establish. Because if a person is not doesn't have ingratitude before God, do uh, uh, over the kindnesses that he gave him and he received from him, but instead he he gives thanks and blesses him. Then he'll be proper to have his uh, request uh, from God. So, in other words, again, it's all one idea, but he's just spelling it out in a Ravenel fashion. You can't ask God for stuff before you review who you're standing before, and the Krishma and its brachos are a like very comprehensive review of all that. Okay, now here's where he gets this idea. Okay, this is remember this commentary on Avos. Due to the precedence of Kriyashima before Tfila, as I mentioned, that's what Rabbi Shimon means when he says, be careful in Kriyashima and Tfila. Okay, beautiful. Here, here's the beautiful line. Rotalomar means to say, that you should be careful to think into and to pay attention to the fundamental principles that are included in the partials of Kriyashima and in the brachos of Tfila uh, before it or that are after it. That's what's, what's going to make you close to God. Okay. So in other words, to put this in kind of like um, uh, exaggerated terms, we are so occupied with looking for how to get Kavana and Tefillah, we miss that what sets us up for Kavana and Tefillah is paying attention for Kriyashma and its brachos. You know, if you pay attention for Kriyashma and its brachos and you, you, you view that as like a curricular review of all the Yisodeh Torah and you like think about each one, that's being careful in Kriyashma and then you link that mentality to to tefillah, you will definitely have kavana and tefillah because you'll know before whom you're standing. You know, you have you'll you'll have built up this idea in your mind about the being before whom you're standing, and then when you actually are standing and dominating and asking for stuff, you'll be addressing that being. You know, but the way we do it is we just kind of like mumble through Krishna and we stand in tefillah and we're like, why don't I have kavana in my uh, my my bakashos? Because you don't know who you're actually like talking to. You know, and if you combine that with Sukkot Zimra, which gets you ready in an even more like uh, Broadway, which we didn't really define, but we've kind of been doing Sukkot Zimra for three months, you know, like it's an even grander review because you're reviewing God and Master Breshis and his relationship with Kala Yisrael, then you're saying Kriyashima and accepting this upon yourself, and then you're going into Tefillah, you know. Uh, in fact, I think, hold on, there's a diagram. Uh, where would I put it? Um, Tefila diagram, uh, Shakri's diagram. Um, hold on, just one second here. Uh, I don't know who came up with this, but it's printed in a core insider that we used to have in Shell Have It. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I don't remember what year I first used it. If I can't find it, then I will have to show it to you some other time. Not there. Um, check two more places. 2017 through 18. Not there. And then the last hope would be if I did it in 2016 and 17.
No. Okay. I can't find it. Ooh, 15, 15 most common tefillah words. Someone was asking me about Hebrew stuff. This would probably be useful for them. Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, okay. So that's the Bravanel. Okay. Any questions or insights about the Bravanel there? I think it's a good shot for being careful. And this is a different kind of being careful, right? Just to contrast them. Rabbi Yuna is saying, be careful halakhically because there's so much philosophical um, uh, importance in what you, in, in whether you take advantage of this like delicate opportunity. Abravanel is saying, be careful to think about the ideas in Kriyashma because it will impact your tefillah. He's not talking about like, be careful in terms of the Zaman. Why isn't it internally like important? Like that, that kind of bothers me. Like why, is there any inherent value according to the Barbanel of, like, let's say you have a situation where you won't have enough time to say Amida, but you will have enough time to say Krishna, right? Right. So there's no inherent value of saying. So I think, I do think that he does hold there is inherent value and he probably would explain that where it talks about um, probably on in his commentary on the Shema, but here his goal is not to explain the value of Shema, it's to explain why Pirkei Avos needs to tell you to be careful in Shema and Tefillah. So he's only addressing that question. Like, what's the caution that connects Krishma to Tefillah? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In the remaining two minutes, I'm just going to share another idea, which I didn't get a chance to develop. This is my own idea. Um, and I, I got this from the Rebbeinah Yona about like showing up um, uh, and saying Shema like on time. I was thinking that, um, okay, God, you know, there's this like dance that we play in Judaism where on the one hand, we know that God is not physical and is not, doesn't have human qualities. Um, but on the other hand, we have no choice but to relate to him through Lashem B'nai Adam, you know, like in, in, in human ways. And we, you know, we bow to him, we speak to him, we, you know, Chazal uh, use mashalim of like, God is watching you and God's listening to you. So there's like this struggle of like, you want to relate to God as a human, you know, while recognizing that he's not a human and doesn't have qualities. In other words, if you were to say, well, God doesn't care what I do. Why should I speak to him? He knows my thoughts. Why should I bow to him? Like, like he knows my thoughts, you know, you're going to end up not, your psyche is going to end up being completely disconnected from your relationship with God. So, so, you know, uh, same thing, like with the, you know, when you, when you do a chayp in Adam Lamakom, you ask God for forgiveness. You know, you treat him like a human you know, being. So that that's I, I, like a thing fundamental of what it means to relate to God is you're essentially reprogramming your emotions to get them in line with your mind, but you want your emotions to relate to God in on their own terms. So I was thinking, I was trying to think of an idea that, that is, is in line with this. And I was thinking like, if you have a meeting with your boss, okay. And your boss calls it for like, you know, like a, you know, 1 PM sharp and you show up late right so it really reflects a lack of kavod for your boss you know if you really respect your boss you show up when on time and it's not just your boss it really should be your colleague also you show up on time you know i was saying this earlier that i uh you know, obviously everyone, you know, comes late at, at certain times, but like there are people who are like chronically late to everything, you know, and like there is a severe lack of respect that they have for other people's time, you know. So I was thinking that aside from all these ideas of dominating exactly at Hanates and all the philosophical implications, Krishma happens to be the only thing where there is an exact moment that you have to show up for your Vodas Hashem. You know, everything else in your Vodas Hashem, there's ranges of time. So 
one impact that it has is you show up and you make your whole waking up revolve around showing up to the meeting exactly on time. And again, if you take the way that we relate to that with human beings and you transition that to God, it bolsters respect for God and, and, and reinforces like the authority relationship of the fact that he's your melech. And if you don't do that, it, 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 it weakens that sort of relationship. I don't have more than that, but I was just thinking. No, about no, it. I, I think that's good. I think that, I mean, like within all the actions of man, there are the things that we choose to do and then reality at large, the things right. that like we have no control over. Right. And right. we know that we have to wake up. We have to wake up right. at some moment. And it's simply saying, habituate your animal body to be in accord with a reality time to wake right. up. Not when it, because if it's any time other than that, yeah. that's something you chose. And then that's pure. Exactly. Agency. It's in the realm of your agency. Correct. Yeah. Right, right. That's good. That's good. I like that. Yeah. And I think that idea is not contrary to the other ideas we said. I think that they, they all layer nicely. So just to summarize, we have just in, in, in a reverse order, we have show up on time because you're responding to God's call, not to your own like agency, your own preferences. Okay. Abravanel's idea of review the ideas, use Shema as a means of reviewing all the ideas to prepare you to be Dalif Nehemiah Ta Omid and Tfila, and you have better Kavana and Tfila. And then you have uh, the idea of Rabbeinu Yona of be careful about the timing because based on Rashi and the Meiri and Isaiah and Michael and Yosef, you know, all, the, all these ideas here that like how you relate to God, when you accept the Kabbalah's Omar Shemaim on yourself, if you sync that up with the beginning of, of your day, it's going to have tremendous beneficial, uh, tremendously beneficial philosophical ramifications about going into the day as a servant of God and with the Hashem mentality. And if you don't, then you're catering either to the sense of personal agency or to a Vodazara or to like, like, uh, you know, like I have my own day and like, or the laws of nature operate independently. So that's why you should be careful in saying Shema on time or saying Shema and Tefillah. Okay, good. So we didn't get to Tefillah, but that was a good thing for Shema, I think. And we got to some Tefillah at least. Okay. Um, I will put out feelers to see, I, I think unless people end up getting sick, we should have our normal crowd or our normal regulars on, on Thursday night, or at least some of our normal regulars. So assume that there is here on Thursday night and we can continue this. Netter. Oh, no, no. Sorry. What am I saying? I'm doing a special shear on Thursday night. Yeah. yeah I'm doing the shear on, um, what was that? I don't think I'm going to do a double shear, but I want to do the shear on, on Hamakom. Uh, and on, uh, so the, the, the shear is going to be on Hamakom. I'm going to stop the recording now. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.